I remember when I played basketball and a coach always said, if you're going to shoot it, shoot it. Don't double clutch. And if you double clutch, don't shoot it a second time because it's not going in. I'm going to tell you right now why the Jaguars are double clutching, and I think it's going to end up in a very bad way. I'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars. I'm the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, Tony Wiggins. And we like to say it's your team every day, and we thank you for making us your first listen. And we say that because we absolutely mean it. Our YouTube page is free to subscribe to, the Locked On Jaguars page. Make sure you get there, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and then hit the bell so you receive notifications each and every time we drop a show. And then wherever you listen to your podcast, when you're at work or riding around in your car, Make sure you tap into that area every single day so you do not miss an episode of Locked On Jaguars. And I also have to let you know that today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started all right lots of stuff to unpack here after a very very busy day of uh jaguar started with jaguars uh general manager trent balky doing a press conference answering questions from local media i didn't ask a question i wasn't there but i will tell you that the questions that were asked were very good questions i believe and uh didn't let trent off the hook about anything so I'm going to start the show by giving Trent Balky credit for something. Yep, I sure am. There was a degree of honesty that was obvious that I can appreciate. That owning up to certain things, um, to a certain degree, owning up to certain things and saying the obvious, at least Trent addressed it, right? I didn't necessarily like the way the blame was sort of being put, you know, shifted around. Like if you look at what they've done in the off season, they fired their, their coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. That wasn't the worst part of the team, in my opinion. It absolutely was not, but I guess something had to happen and Doug ain't going to fire himself. He's not going to fire the people that do exactly what he asked them to do. So you had to fire somebody to shake things up. Uh, is it an improvement with Ryan Nielsen? Schematically, for me, I like the new what they're going to do better than what they used to do. But they chose that defense. They chose that coordinator who Mike, uh, who uh, Doug Peterson has worked with before, knew him very well, Mike Caldwell. And there's nothing wrong with switching up saying, okay, this isn't quite going like I went, like he's not bad, but I don't think he's going to take us to the next level. There's nothing wrong with switching things up. There's nothing wrong with rebooting. It's a part of the business. We can get upset about it all we want to, but those that got fired understand that it's a part of the business. It, com it comes and goes. 
you know, they, you know, when they got hired here, they were on the good side of it. And now they're on the not so good side of it. In fact, Ryan Nielsen, even though he got a job here, basically didn't have one anymore, really. When because whoever was taking over in Atlanta wasn't going to keep him there. So he had to look around again. The dynamics are different, but the business side of it, I understand. And I ain't getting all emotional about that. What I will talk about, though, is this. That while you're telling the truth. I mentioned this on yesterday's show. While you're telling the truth, that doesn't take fault away from the fact that you were complicit in the truth that you're telling. It's the honesty about telling the truth while noble doesn't take away from the fact that the truth that you're telling us about is one that you created. I don't believe in continuing to do things a certain way when things aren't working well. I I believe everyone has to change and adapt and overcome. It's what I've been taught my whole life. Stop crying, adapt and overcome. Just don't lie to yourself. Right. So I get it. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that. And though Trent Baalke and somebody brought this to my attention yesterday, so I'll address it. Though Trent Baalke said. It starts right here with me. We all know what that is. That's a blanket ultimate accountability. Ultimate is all it falls on shot. Doug said it. Trent has said it. Everybody owns that. Everybody, it's the right thing to say. It's the right thing to do. But your actions say something else. You still have a job, Trent Balky. Mike Caldwell and his crew don't. Doug still has a job. Press Taylor still has a job. Those guys don't. So what you say and what you do are two different things, in my opinion. They tell a different story. You are assessing some blame to Mike Caldwell. You are assessing some blame to the fact that guys haven't developed. When you made the statement last year that you're a draft and developed team, now you say the team's going to look a lot different. The thing that I hung up, the thing that I hung on more than anything was this. We're not big or strong enough. That's not a coaching issue. And I want people to be very, very clear about that. Coaches don't like guys like Mike Caldwell. They ain't training you on your strength. They didn't find nobody in the strength and conditioning department. So that even means that that big glaring thing that you spoke about yesterday over and over was not the fault of the people who left here and who were fired. The strength and conditioning coach is still there and the whole program is still what it was. So it's not them either. It's you. You are not making NFL players bigger and stronger. They come that way. If they aren't strong, by the time they get to you, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna help them that much. Yeah, you can do maintenance and all that, but nobody does that during the season. People get stronger a little bit and work off in the offseason. But at this point, when guys are 24 or 25 years old, they are what they are. Unless they start juicing. That's the only way you're gonna change this. It's almost like in boxing. People will look at two boxes and see one guy built like Adonis or Atlas or somebody and think that he automatically hits harder. Punching power has nothing to do with your muscles and the way that they look. It has something to do with the way that you're built and where you generate your power from and and how some of the hardest hitting dudes ever in boxing didn't look like they were supposed to hit that hard, but they did. Football is the same way. 
You're either strong or you're not. Most of y'all around the first coast saw Derrick Henry in high school. Derrick Henry been a man child ever since he was 14, 15 years old. And he continues to be that right now. And he built on it and he enhanced it and he added to it. But he, he didn't just become strong when he got the NFL. This is just the way it is. When you talk about guys being bigger, you mean naturally bigger, right? Why didn't you pick naturally big guys when you were picking the first time? So there's a there's an admission without an admission, and that admission is where we are physically as a football team, Trent Baalke put us there. And this is after talking so much about athletic traits and length and long arms and all of this stuff. So the trait guy can't be a dude that after three years, three and a half years of building his own team and saying that, we're a draft and develop team. We we like our team. We have a good team. And then come back a year later and say we're not big enough and strong enough. Well, kudos to you, and I appreciate you for being honest, and I appreciate you for backtracking, and I appreciate you for saying uh, this is where we were. But this is something that a new GM should be coming in here saying that we got to get bigger and stronger. You can't expect the old GM to fix his own mistake. That's called a do-over and a double clutch. How far back do you have to double clutch and do over? What do you do over and while you're doing stuff over, you're not looking forward. You're looking backwards in order to try to get further later on. That means something went wrong in the last couple of years and you were asleep at the wheel and didn't see it. And now that you all, now that you see it, you're honest about it, but you're expecting everyone to believe that you're the person that's going to go back and fix it when it's broken because you were in charge in the first place. That's that's the, the, the dilemma I have. I'm going to tell you why double clutching never works. And how people don't reinvent themselves. Especially in football, just like those athletes that aren't very strong, who are who they are, like Caleb Von Chase on. So are guys like Trent Balker, who, who said yesterday he's almost 60 years old and you think he's going to change. If you do, I got some swamp land that I want to sell you in Idaho. Or some beaches in Idaho. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. I'll tell you what I mean by all that in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. All right, today's show is sponsored you and brought to you by BetterHelp. Man, everybody goes through things in life, and sometimes when you go through things in life, you try to get your way out of it, and. Sometimes that's not good. We all need an opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today I want to say how I really feel about something. You might be thinking about the same thing this week. Went through a divorce, uh, dealt with a lot of early death in my life. And sometimes you just absolutely need therapy. And that therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every single way. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Also, I have to let you know about FanDuel, man. That's right. FanDuel. I told you guys at the very beginning that FanDuel is the absolute truth. I've been saying it for a long, long time, and it is still true to this day. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. 
The app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live, same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, or make a parlay in a parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup or tush-push. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, running it down, segment two here on Locked On Jaguars. We're at your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listen. We sort of laid the groundwork a little bit for Trent Baalke and uh, the Jaguars moving forward. Are they are they moving forward by going backwards to sort of redo and reshape the identity of the football team, particularly on offense and in the trenches? The word identity was used yesterday also by Trent Baalke, which means that he believes that they don't have one. It's the hell of a thing when, you know, your, your kid is three years old and you don't know who he is and he doesn't know who you are. But alas, this is where we are. I agree, though, that once again, is the truth that they don't have an identity on offense. I said their identity is the fact that they didn't have one. Their identity is the fact that it feels like every week they were coming out and they were just reaching and throwing for whatever they could get, man. And you wonder if it was the scheme if it was the uh, ability to teach, if it was the ability to retain, or was it something else? I always thought it was something else, and it really didn't show up until they played really, really good teams. Because remember, we went into this season saying we were no longer going to be comparing the Jaguars to all of the putrid years over the last decade and a half or two decades that we have had. We said that those days were over. That's that, Those were my rules of engagement for talking about this team to the the fans this year. I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and have Stockholm Syndrome and continue to talk, to to just accept anything that was mediocre because mediocrity was something that this team hadn't even had in the past. They kind of skipped over a whole whole level there. They, They went from being like the worst team in the league to a playoff team the very next year. Now that didn't happen right away. They were the worst team in the league for a long time. And then things added up a little bit and then they got, you know, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence and got rid of urban and all of these things started moving forward. And there was a lot of positivity and they jumped up and just like overnight success, boom, they're in the playoffs after finishing nine and nine and eight after a two and seven start. So to go seven and one in those last eight games were very, very impressive. And then they won in the playoffs. And then I look back at that Chargers game now, and that Chargers game might have been the biggest fool's goal I've ever seen. It's because they came storming, storming. And everybody got on Al Michaels about the way he called that game. But now when you think about it, it's almost like this ain't really real. It's not really real. It's happening, but it but it's just a moment. It's not this whole revolution it's not a movement that's a good thing it was a moment not a movement and we thought it was a movement we thought the jaguars were the dallas cowboys of the early 90s we thought that they were the saints remember that game when the saints went well not the saints the seahawks when the seahawks weren't even 500 but they got in the playoffs and they beat the saints that was the beginning of something right something really really special and that's the way it felt. Well, all of those movements, including the one that eventually when New England finally did what they did with Tom Brady when he replaced Drew Bledsoe, it felt like a movement. And they won the Super Bowl right that year. But the one thing they never did was take a step back. 
before they ran the movement through its course. They never double clutched. They fixed some things along the way and they and they and they tuned some things up, but they never got to the point in year three after they had had success in year two and said, we're missing something, man. We ain't got no sand in our pockets. We ain't got no hind parts. We're soft in the middle. You can't run. You can't stop the run. And you don't have an identity on offense. Not one team that started their journey that ended up with them winning said that. After they had already started winning. Not one. Not one. Teams added a player like Alex Smith was replaced by Patrick Mahomes. See, that's moving forward. That's progression. And that's getting better and not being afraid. That's not double clutching. Double clutching is when you realize you are missing not just a key component, but maybe the most necessary component of all. Because football, by and large, comes down to blocking and tackling. And you know who blocks and tackles the best? The team that's the biggest, strongest, and the most physical. And that is one thing that you're missing. So once again, the responsibility is being concealed by the fact that somebody was honest to you. This ain't on nobody who got fired. This is on Trent Baalke. If the biggest issue, the one that he keeps mentioning, has absolutely nothing to do with coaches who got fired and has everything to do with the person who was supposed to be doing it, it's on him. Can they double clutch? Can they conceivably go back and do what they should have been doing at the beginning? They built the house with a bad slab. Do you have to tear the whole house down in order to repair that slab? You better hope not, because if that's the case, then they need to do it with somebody else. But if you don't have to, can you fix that slab? Can you lift it up? Can you get the engineers out here? And can you do the hard work of fixing the slab without tearing down everything you've done? And will that be good enough when you run into a house that had the slab done correctly the first time? Are you going to be a team that pretends to be physical when another team grew up that way? And then are the players going to believe you? Can you salvage the mission if you're Doug Peterson? Can you seemingly think that you can say the things that you said yesterday if you're Trent Baalke and still have the people who have been listening to you for two and three years running through doors for you, running through walls for you, believing in everything that you said about your philosophy and your coaching, do you still expect those people to trust you when now you've admitted we did you dirty because we didn't have you prepared and we didn't we didn't have the right people. And a lot of y'all that are here, we didn't work you hard enough. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You're not physical enough. I mean, just five, six months ago, we were telling you that you, you were capable of winning the whole thing. All you had to do was put it together. But now you come out and tell us, well, we ain't big and physical and strong enough. We, ju we just ain't got enough man in us. Can that group of people continue to believe the words you say now when you're saying something different than you were just saying six months ago. That's the key. I'll tell you if we can salvage this moving forward, and I'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. 
It's time for me to let you know about Prize Picks, man. Today's sponsor for the show, Prize Picks, is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And we are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers, man. You're not battling thousands of other players or including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Like, for instance, Christian McCaffrey for more than 75 yards or Patrick Mahomes for more than two passing touchdowns. If you figure that out and put them together, then you can collect and win you some money. All you got to do, man, is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. I'll repeat. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Give it a shot, man. It's prize picks. Do it right now. Championship weekend. All right, third and final segment here on Locked On Jaguars. I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's get to the million-dollar question because you guys want to know, man, we know how we got here, Wig. We know whose fault it was. But alas, Trent Balky still the GM. Doug Peterson still the head coach. Got a new defense coordinator. Got some money. You know, you can have as much as eighty-five million dollars in cap space. Take inventory. What do we have? All right, Anton Harrison is a really good piece on the offensive line that you have. Really, really good piece. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's still a good quarterback. Got some stuff to prove to some people, but uh, still a good quarterback. Hopefully, uh, all of the damage and the running and having to throw the ball real quick didn't. Uh, ruin or it just delayed it did it, it delayed his greatness it didn't ruin the potential greatness got a good starting running back all right got a professional reliable wide receiver and tight end in christian kirk and evan ingram defensively you got a pass rusher that you need to resign in josh allen uh kind of crazy that they haven't started negotiations yet but we're worried about everything else except the stuff that we need to be doing when you're the gm and that's one of them. Trayvon Walker is an ascending talent. I think he's a very, very good player. And he's only going to get better at some point. He probably will be the best player on the defense, whether that's next year or not. I don't know, but maybe a year after that. But he is coming and he is a staple and he is physically what you're supposed to have. He is big and strong and physical. So he's one guy that is not fall into that category of the things that you're missing. Foyle becomes a good leader in the middle of the pack, and I think I don't like Andre Sisko. I still like Tyson Campbell. Don't know how he fits the new defense, but I'll let Ryan Nielsen figure that stuff out. Antonio Johnson is a pretty good player. You know, nice, solid fifth-round pick. Should have been picked. I thought he was a third-round talent, but he went in the fifth round. I do believe that Antonio Johnson also will have uh, some success and probably be the starter next year. I like Darius Williams. I'd restructure his contract. If I restructure his contract, I'd probably have to uh, let him walk and go test free agency again. But he's a really, really good player. It's all about fit. It's all about money. It's all about team building when it comes to that. D- Devon Hamilton, I think there's still some stuff there. I liked him before he had the um, off-field non-football injuries. And I'm thinking that he could probably use this offseason to probably get himself in back in shape and come back. So to take inventory of those things, it's good. Those are the good players, I believe, on the team. I, I like 
the special teams guys. Brandon McNann is making me look with the side eye a little bit with the way he ended the year. But all in all, I like uh, the punter. There's some other, you know, players worth mentioning, but for the most part, since we're comparing it to real, real good teams, that's about what we have right now. Anton Harrison is the only line offensive lineman, starting offensive lineman that'll be under contract beyond 2024 currently. Um, none of the corners will be under contract beyond 2024 currently. So we can try to build this team for like a one year. Let's try to make a run at it this year, or we can do the, the right thing and, and do it and build it so that it lasts. The Jaguars are going to get a good player at number 17. I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to make a good pick. It's kind of hard to screw it up in a draft this deep. And to be honest, I like the Trevor under Trent. It's Trevor in the first round, ETN, Trayvon Walker, and uh, Anton Harrison. They haven't done a bad job with that at all. I'm being honest. I think they're going to nail the first round pick. They always do. But I think a lot of teams are going to nail their first round pick. The key is, can you nail the second round pick? And can you nail the third round pick? And then you make another find in the fifth round, right? And then can you get guys to come here in free agency that sort of close the gap in that physicality that you're talking about? And they can be guys that makes their physicality and the way that they play contagious to everybody else so that everybody can play, uh, to, can get up to speed, to use Trent's terms, and do it quickly. The only trepidation I have about this whole thing is it's the double clutching. Double clutching and pump faking are two different things. Pump faking is what you intended to do to make your opponent get off balance so you can do something else. A double clutch is when you think about it, but then you go, nope, and then now you want to do it again, right? Or you want to redo. And, 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 and those things never work in any sport. Basketball, I don't care. Boxing, any of them. It never, never works when you second guess yourself. And it sounds like to me the Jaguars are second-guessing themselves. And the second guess is correct, but the bottom line is that doesn't take away from the fact that in this thing called development, when you don't do something that you should do or when you don't pay attention to something that you should pay attention to, you have to stop everything that you're doing and go back and fix it. Are we going to trust that these guys can fix it on the fly? Are we going to trust that they can fix it on the fly? See, this is why I always like a clean slate and a start over. Trent Baalke's own words said yesterday, it is easy to take a bad football team and make them good. It is easier to do that than it is to take a, foot, a good football team and make them a champion. So Trent now sort of gets to do the easy part again, right? He tells you that, we got good football football players on this team, but then and, and it's true, it's that's true. But every team in the league has good football players on it, even the bad ones. Derek Brown's good. Brian Burns is good. Uh, Luvu, the linebacker, is good. I just mentioned three guys from Carolina Panthers right now that are real good football players. They got a couple of good corners. So my thing is, hey man, every team has good football players on them, some more than others, right? But does that mean you have enough football players and and you can actually go back and start over with something that is so basic as physicality and strength 
And can you win right now on the fly while you're doing it? Because we've seen teams try to be tough. We've seen teams try to be physical. We've seen teams try to be bullies. And that's all good until you run up into a team that is a natural bully, like the Baltimore Ravens were when they went and played San Francisco. When you run into a team that they don't have to try to be that. That is who they are, right? Big physical football. That's who they are off the dribble. That's who they are when they wake up in the morning is because that's what they lead with. Are we just going to be pretenders trying to do a double clutch and look a certain way? Or are we really going to find an identity of our own and roll with it? That's the problem that I have now because now the players have to believe it. And when you come in trying to do things differently than the way that you swore to those guys that it was the other thing, sometimes that doesn't really work out for you. I got a bad feeling as optimistic as I am. I got a bad feeling it's not going to work for Jacksonville. Anything that has something to do with brute force and physicality, you can't pretend to do it. At some point, somebody's going to show you that you're not really who you think you are. And I think that's what's going to happen here is because I think they messed up and burnt the onions from the very beginning. And no matter what they do now, it ain't going to matter because nobody's going to believe it. You can believe in me here at Locked on Jaguars because I'm going to be telling you the honest, adulterated truth. I got a quick message before I leave, too. For y'all that don't actually get paid to do media work, you're not accountable to anything. All you can do is just tweet or whatever. You can criticize who you want to. Y'all it, it, think like, like this. There, there's a few things that I've gotten paid to do that I considered myself an expert at because I trained for it. Um, and this is one of them. And one thing about all of those three or four things in my life that I trained for, that I learned how to do, that I can tell you is that it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of listening, takes a lot of mistake making to get to the point where you are. The one thing I would never do is talk about what other people do. And pretend or act like I'm an expert. That's why I tell people all the time, I couldn't be no GM. I ain't an expert at being a GM. I just judge the GM based on him versus the other GMs. So when folks are criticizing media work that have never done media work, and then they'll come up with an excuse why somebody says the things that they say as if somebody has like a, a hand in their back or they're going to snatch their credential. Uh, understand that people that really do this for a living are laughing at you because you have no clue what you're talking about. It's the only one, you're the only one in the conversation that does not know what you're talking about. I just wanted you to know that. All right, take that for what it's worth, man. You guys have a good weekend and uh, try to do the best you can and and, and stay Stay up emotionally with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I tell you what, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be fun whether you like the result or not. So it's going to be a journey. Let's just keep uh, our focus on um, what's going on. I'm going to try to make it to Mobile on Tuesday. I had something come up yesterday, and I might not be able to change it. But I'm going to do my best to make it to Mobile Tuesday so I can give you some really, really good content from the senior bowl where there's a ton of prospects that are big and physical and strong. And hopefully the Jaguars can get one or two of them until then you guys take care of yourself. Tony Wiggins here with locked on Jaguars.